0: Alright. How are you getting on? You well? It's me, Tony Cantwell. Welcome back to Tony Cantwell's Shit Show. I'm the titular host, Tony Cantwell. Welcome back to the shed. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well as you have loved. Um and can I say you look stunning? You look absolutely radiant. Um obviously a bit of a bit of sun. you you look uh you you've got a bit of a sun-kissed cheek on you. Would you like another one? <gasps> mm, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, I am someone's son, so here's a son. Would you like you you you've got one son kissed cheek? Would you like another? Because I am someone's son. Uh, you know, and aren't, aren't we all children of God as well? Aren't we all children of God? Sir, so, uh, are we all God's children? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. Well, then, does that mean that that am not make me the son of God? No, no, it doesn't. So he's a fucking wrecked ahead, but you have to agree with him. Sir, so. sir, so, you have to agree with him. Am I not the son of God as well? <laughs> and if we're... So if we're all the son of God, does not mean you have to do what we say. Does not mean you have to do what we sir? Um Pull your cacks down. Pull your cacks down. Put your head in the bin. So sir, sir, using... Using your logic, so... <laughs> you know, here's our commandments. No homework. Tangies for dinner. Meanies for breakfast. <laughs> uh, we get to watch, we get to watch WrestleMania uh, during class. Ah, I'm running out of things. I don't know what they do in school anymore. Anyway, we're all someone's son. But look, I'm also a dad and I had a lovely Father's Day. I had a lovely Father's Day. Um, my Father's Day, Terry's gotten wise now since we're into the the third Father's Day that I've had. And she knows now that my ideal Father's Day is to be left completely alone. It's left alone. Leave me alone. You know, she knows that now. You know, so there was a bit of a mix of everything, you know. She actually got me, while well, we own halves on it, because they're expensive, a pizza oven, which was the most perfect gift. Because I could get up in the morning and be left completely alone to make the dough. And then I could make, you know, do all the toppings, be left completely alone. Leave me alone. You know? And then I could be cooking it as well. Now, the annoying thing about a pizza oven is they cook pizzas really quick. So it was only like a minute and a half per pizza, you know? Next year, I might ask for like a risotto uh, pot, you know? So take fucking ages with it. I'm completely alone. Listen to like an audiobook. You know? Fuck, 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 Just leave me the fuck alone. Just leave me the fuck alone. I'm still stirring! I'm still stirring. Leave me the fuck alone. No, it actually was very nice. It was a nice I actually believe it or not, I had a first my first lion. Hey tell you You can call me Metro Goldwyn Meyer, because I had my first lion. You know what felt like a hundred years. Um no for in like seven months I had a lion. And you know what? I got bored. I was there lying in bed. It was getting up to half nine. I was playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom in bed, and I got bored. I wanted to see my son, and my daughter. So I got up. Which you know, you think you want something. This is what a lion is saying to me. A lion, a lion is there with its with its panties on, <laughs> saying, "Tony, if you had me, you would know what to do with me." <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it. I spunked it. I I spiffed it, my lion. You know, and I got up straight away because I wanted to see my son's face. You know, he was covered in shit, and I gave him a big old kiss. Um, not actual. You know, although. Oh well, well I give you this is my this is my update. I'll, I'll go into my bit of uh, my daditude segment. This is a uh, stories about being a dad here. Um, in this segment I call daditude. So the young young flu was doing a poo, right? And uh, I went to go have a look, right? Not because I'm sick, right? You know, I'm fucking twisted. I gotta see that shit, man. I just gotta see that shit. Hey, call me twisted, but I just gotta see that shit. I'm like the Joker, man. I gotta see it, you know? No, you have to see what you're dealing with, because I'm the wiper, okay? I'm the wiper in the house. So I went to go have a look, right? And as I'm peering over, trying to see behind his little tush, right? He goes, Daddy, whoa, stop, stop it, stop. And I thought, oh, well, he's gotten real, you know, self-conscious. But he goes, no, I'm wagging my poo-poo tail right now. I'm wagging my poo-poo tail right now. It means he's shaking it off. He goes, I'm wagging my poo-poo tail right now. You're going to get sick. That isn't a fucking all-time great line. I'm wagging my poo-poo. Got to go wagging my poo-poo tail right now. See you guys in a second. This poo-poo doggie's pretty fucking happy right now. <laughs> What does that mean? I'm going to take a shit and wag my poo-poo tail. See, I can't even add to it. His is so succinct and perfect. There's his dad trying to fucking ruin it. Great line from my young fella. So that was probably the highlight of, um, of Father's Day. Actually, the highlight of Father's Day was making pizzas. <laughs> oh, in a problematic accent, on ah! You know, you can do that for some reason. Isn't that mad? I can do that voice. You can't even do French our hard, but Italian somehow, you know. But if they ever go with us, if they ever go with us on Saturday Night Live, I'm fucking livid. If they have a go at us, I'm livid doing my voice, you know. Here's, hey, here's my impression of Conor McGregor. Oh, toy, Oh, we got How is it that they hear a fucking crumbling voice as like Darby O'Gill? That is just so racist. And so am I, I suppose, a little bit. But anyway, so that was fun. Making pizzas, harnessing a flame, harnessing a flame, 500 degrees Celsius. Not even Fahrenheit, 500 degrees fucking Celsius. And I'm there like, punch shit in, go, ah, turn it around. But it was great. Highly recommend. Expensive, but I tell you, we're going we're gonna to save so much money from all the pizzas we order every like uh, seven months. But I highly recommend a pizza oven, but cook a little bit too fast. If you want, if you're, if you're, the reason you're, you're getting a pizza oven is to spend a fortune to be left alone. I would just, word of warning, they, they cook really fast. So be annoying, but as I told you, I'll get some sort of roast and slow roast pan, some kind of like meat thermometer, start getting into maybe like, um, you know, gastronomical sciences or some fucking shit, you know, to be totally left alone next year. But um, what else? Went up to Belfast for the first time last week. Terry had to go for some reason, so we made a little family trip of it. And um, get this right. Now, technology is amazing and all, right, but super dumb, super dumb, right? I'm driving up the M1. right here, Adult on Sure. Do you hear me? Driving up the M1. Now, are you going to, you going to the M1 or are you going the M9? Because if you're going to the M9, you're probably going to Kilkenny. If you're going to the, the M1, yeah, that'd be Belfast, yeah. Yeah, I know all the M's. Mm. Um, M1. M9, Shyamalan. But no, I'm driving up the M1, right? Fucking bombing it down. Up. Bombing it up the M1. 120 kilometers an hour, right? And Google Maps tells you the speed that you're supposed to be going, right? And I look at that because sometimes it changes to 100 and 120, right? I should know all the differences, but I'm a learner driver, right? It's been a while since I took my fucking whatever, written exam, practical, whatever it is, right? So I'm bombing it up the road, 120 kilometers an hour. All of a sudden I pass through uh, Ballymascanlan, right? And Google Maps takes the fucking soup. Starts telling me, you know, now 70 miles an hour actually. <sighs> yeah, you were going 120, you were, yeah, you were going 120 kilometers an hour, now it's 70 miles an hour actually. 70 miles an hour, and I'm like, I don't know what miles is, and Terry's like, just look at the, the, look at the fucking thing, I'm sure it'll have it, my car doesn't have that, just has kilometers an hour, Google Maps thinks I'm driving a new fucking car, thinks instead of going vroom vroom, I'm now going vroom vroom, Fine Northern Irish car there, 70 miles an hour it is please, I had no idea what speed I was supposed to be going, like that was so stupid, you just assume I'm in a completely different car, Google Maps, and then I'm trying to figure out what speed to actually go. And I'm freaking out because at first I thought it was 70 kilometers an hour. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking rear end someone here driving 50 kilometers an hour faster than I'm supposed to be going right. And then she's like, it can't be any different, right? You're not going to come to it. Like all the cars look like they're going more or less the same speed. So then I was like, Aah. I was swerved when I saw 70, right? And then I'm like, uh, hey, Siri, uh, what's uh, 70 miles an hour in kilometers an hour? And then it's waiting for ages, right? Because Siri's a dumb bitch. Okay. With the greatest respect. Shouldn't have said bitch, right? But Siri's stupid, okay? Siri in protecting us all and, you know, encrypting all of our information is dumb, okay? Give it all away as long as I can have a faster and more intelligent AI than Siri, right? So I'm trying to say, Siri, what's uh, 70 miles an hour in kilometers? And Siri goes, "Um, here are three articles about miles per hour. Siri, can you not tell in your little fucking gyroscope, man? I'm bombing it up the fucking M1 120 kilometers an hour. Do you need to read an article? And then I'm trying to tap it. And Terry's like, stop, stop. I'll just Google it. Found it was 112 kilometers an hour. That eight kilometers an hour is too fast for him up north. Oh, you boy racers. Why don't you slow down? You're driving about eight kilometers an hour faster than I'd ever go. You know? But um, I was very surprised, you know? Like, we are it's all meant to be very smart. But come on, mate. I'm not driving a different car. And why the fuck would I want three articles when I'm bombing it up the road? You know, I was actually probably driving a bit too fast because, right, the morning of heading to Belfast, um, I noticed the tire was flat, you know, and I Googled it like 10 different t- ways to see if it was okay to drive on a flat tire. And like no one, I mean, no one's going to say yeah, but I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even have that kind of bias where I found like one article on like GeoCities from like 1997 that says, yeah, it's all right sometimes, you know. Because I would have latched onto that. i am like, Terry, it's fine, you know. I'm sure some of you now are even screaming at me the idea that I would drive on a flat tire. So I called around a bunch of mechanics, called one like half seven in the morning, and they were like, yeah, come out here. As long as there's no one ahead of you, we'll, we'll fix your tire. So I went out to this one, right? And I don't know what it is, right? I I, I blame the fucking boomers for this, right? The boomers would have me believe that every mechanic that is a, is a goddamn cowboy, you know. Every time I go to the mechanics, I feel like I'm walking into the goddamn OK Corral, Pistols at Dawn, and I'm on the defensive, you know, because everyone would have me, my stepdad would have me believe that everyone's taking me for a fucking ride, you know, you know, and make sure to make sure, you know, fucking, you know, these are the people who try and plan a Danny Ocean's heist just to get out of paying three quid at the airport to park, you know. We also got the poor tunnel. I was also three quid. And the amount of headaches, the amount of horror stories of people in their 50s and 60s accidentally driving up the poor tunnel. When they're trying to go up to, like, Whitehall, you know, from from this outside, you know. It's only three quid. Now, I know we're probably going to have no pension when we're older and be broke as fuck. And I'll have to do this amazing job for the rest of my life. But still, three quid, you know what I mean? They'd be freaking out. So I was on the defensive going in to get this tire replaced, right? And I know nothing. I know nothing about tires. So I went in, showed the guy. um, And this is a guy who was generous enough to have me show up at, like, like eight o'clock by the time I arrived there, eight eight a.m. And actually, we got off on the wrong foot, right? Regardless of the fact this guy seen me first thing in the morning, right? I'm already defensive going in there with all my boomer energy, and then he looks at the rims and they're a bit scraped, and he goes, "Have you been going up on the path?" I'm like, "Come on, mate, don't be. me the fuck alone." All right, you've had a look at my car. You can see I'm a reckless driver. Okay, don't be giving out. This is why I don't go to barbers, because I come back after they give me a good hairdo, and they look at me and they're like, "What the fuck did you do?" All right? I don't want the judgment. I don't want the fucking judgment. I'm here, I'm here because I'm a bad driver. I'm here because I fucked my car up. Now fix it, you know, with the greatest respect to mechanics. And he goes, "You can go up by the path." And I thought, and John, I thought it was a bit unfair that he knew something about me and I didn't know anything about him. And I really want to be like, "Just hey, look at your fucking phone, then, if you're a model citizen. Cause look at your phone. Give a look at some of the shit you're saying in the WhatsApp groups. You know what I mean? You know something? No, no, hang on, mate. You know something about me? Let's have, let's, let's have a little fucking scroll through your phone." See you haven't your back. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, what's this meme? Whose big black cock is this? Yeah. You know. But I wasn't. I was in a hurry, so I didn't grab his phone. Anyway, he starts looking at the tire. And he's got the real disappointed face. I'm like, ah. Like it's his son. Like the tire is his fucking son. That I've kicked the shit out of him. He's like, oh. Look at I massacred my boy. And I'm like, yeah, mate. You got a fucking stack of tires. Just, you know, put a new one on. Anyway, he takes it off. And he goes, um, there's air escape in the rim. And I'm like, what is that? What is, you know, here comes the fucking green, white and gold air show flying over my head. No idea what you're talking about. Air escape in the rim. I don't know. And I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, what I just said. This guy, what I just said, he says, is air escape in the rim. All right. So I said to him, right, look, I don't know anything about this. And he goes, well, there's air escape in the rim. I said, oh, you've said that. I don't know what that means. Okay. Assume that I'm a child and the only thing I know about that is that it's a circle, right? The only thing I know about tires is they're circles, right? Explain it to me like I'm a child, right? And he takes out this big spray bottle of suds, right? Sprays it on the wheel and he goes, look, bubbles. And I'm like, all right, you've gone to be too young here, mate. I'm not going to be just impressed by bubbles here, right? Why don't you split the fucking difference here? I know I said, explain it to me a child. And you show me fucking bubbles, okay? why you split split the difference but somewhere between 36 and two right and talk to me somewhere in the middle and he goes no no look there's, there's bubbles on it," and i'm like i know you put them on there nobody's like no seriously look at the bubbles you can see that there's air escaping because there's bubbles and i'm like i saw you spray the bubbles on there you put the bubbles in the water i'm not a fucking moron you put the bubbles on there and he goes no look those bubbles aren't bubbling, and those bubbles are bubbling. The ones beside the rim, meaning there's air escaping. And I'm like, oh. But I'm still kind of like thinking, is this some sort of trick? Does he have some sort of like, you know, uh, self-bubbling bubbles that he's put on? I don't know how these cowboys work, you know? Howdy, yahoo. He's a bunch of cowboys putting bubbles on my wheel. And I was like, all right, here we go then. And I'm getting ready just to walk out. So I said, all right, how much is this going to be? because I'm assuming he's going to charge me for like a new rim, probably a new car, you know, 16 grand, you know. But he goes, no, it should be less than 20 quid. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you don't need a new tire. I'm telling you, you don't need a new tire. And you don't need a new rim around like that. We just, just, it's a bit of corrosion. And all we need to do is just sand that down and I'll put the tire back on. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And I completely changed my tune. I was like, oh, oh, great. And I was really like too nice to him, you know, because I didn't want to say sorry for being a dick because I didn't want to admit that I was being a kind of a dick to him you know I was like oh thanks very much oh cheers man thank you you know um, because I was being so rude before so yeah put the tyre put the tyre back on and now I know about corrosive rims the horrors of corrosive rims you could be driving around with a corrosive rim right now I'm Tony Cantwell victim of a corrosive rim (laughs) but then we fixed that we drove all the way up to Belfast and it was a great day and now a segment about sport (laughs) So I'm unfortunately recording this hours before um, Ireland's, no doubt, Republic of Ireland's triumphant trouncing of the pitiful Gibraltar, right? So no doubt, we did like we did in 2014, got seven goals, absolutely smashed it. You know, if these boys can, if anyone can do it, it's these boys. You no, know, I've stopped watching Irish matches and I won't even have watched this one, you know. I won't even know if what I, my prediction is true, you know. Because I need them to have won a few times. I look, just wake me up when the Irish team are good again, please. You know? And you may think that I don't get to enjoy the victories because um I don't I'm not there for the losses, but I do. But I do. I go to the matches that we're sure to win. Um and put on my AliExpress jersey that I got. That's totally fake. And uh pop that on, go to the pub. I'm still there hand in hand, my hollow fandom when we win. Yes People think I'm a real fan, you know? I know, you're always thinking this is the most disgusting, despicable. But I don't, don't give a fuck. I do not like sport. <laughs> I do not like sport. And I'm there just when things are good. All right? Wake me up when Ireland's good again. It worked for me for the dubs. Yeah, totally fell out. My man used to go to all the matches. I stopped going. They started winning again. I came back on board. Like, yeah! What cool retro 1916 dubs jersey will I buy and wear once, you know? Then um, fell out with Liverpool. Klopp came in didn't even watch the season that they came second, only watched the season that they came first in the Premier League. Because I'm fuck, I'm despicable. I'm despicable. I don't care. I don't care. If you're not that sporty like myself, but you still want to have the feeling of supporting Ireland while they play football, right? Here's five things you can do instead to get the same vibe. One, untangle a load of Christmas lights while you're bursting for a piss. Chase after your mate's car and have them slow down just as you get in and have them pull away while you have a stitch. Uh, Build a sandcastle right at the seashore with only your bare hands and a half full jar of mayonnaise. Eat soup with a glass dildo. And then number five, uh, get a new passport. Those would be five things that you can do if you want to feel the same level of frustration, like you're not getting anywhere. Um, You can do any of those five. Sorry, I went full heel there. Hey, is this cunt the end of the Brennan's loaf? Because he's gone full heel all of a sudden. I thought I liked him. No, I don't mean to have a go. And I need to fake that I like sports. Because, you know, I want my young fella to get into, like, some sort of sport. And I don't know how I'm going to pretend like he has to get up on a Saturday morning for practice. Oh, my God. I'm a good actor. I don't know if I'm that fucking good. It's good for you, son. They need you. (laughs) It's going to be tough, you know. Anyway, look, you know I love monsters. I always tell my young fella, look, monsters are just animals we haven't met yet. All right. So I'm going to be profiling some cryptids every so often on this podcast. Weird, strange phenomena. I'm going dumb. I'm going so fucking dumb. I want everyone leaving this podcast dumber. than they went in. Okay. That's how deep I'm going in. I'm not getting into any of the other conspiracy theories. Any of the kind of real ones. You know. Like 5G or vaccines. Or anything like that shit. Right. Um, but I'm going to be talking about some weird. Unexplained phenomena. In this segment that I'm calling. The X-Files. With a PH. Um Kind of like, because like I'm a fan of X unexplained X files, like pedophiles, but not like that, you know, pedophiles have really ruined the whole files word, you know, I'm an audiophile. What the fuck do you say? What did you do to the record? What have you done to the speakers? You know, I'm such an audiophile that I am such a cinephile. Oh, huh. you know, gross. You've ruined it. Pedos have ruined so much. I was doing research on um, on some cryptids. I was looking up some new cryptids, ones that I didn't maybe cover in my previous podcast, Sexy Beasts with Mark Jago. Um, ones that may, ones that have a bit more proof on them, you know, like the current existence of the Tasmanian tiger um, or these ones, Billy Apes, which I'm going to be talking about today. There's a new theory that I've been reading where in it's getting into the real fucking tinfoil hat conspiracy where it's all wrapped up into one thing. Basically, governments are very well aware of the existence of some cryptids. And when cryptids are spotted, and then search parties or whatever are sent out to try and find these things, the governments have already killed them all. Because there's a theory that governments would much prefer that undiscovered species be killed so that they don't have to, you know, turn the land into some sort of national park or or what's it called? sanctuary or whatever it might be you know Um, there's a better word for it. what's it called when like a bird bird sanctuary maybe it's sanctuary i don't know but um the tasmanian tiger is one and the billy ape cover-up is another so billy apes are also known as bondo mystery apes which i think is a fucking incredible slag for someone who's maybe being a bit sloppy being like, you're spilling everywhere you bondo mystery ape you know Anyway, they're fascinating creatures that potentially exist in remote areas of East Africa. Now, they haven't captured one, but there's evidence supporting them, including compelling photographs, footprints and ground nests. Um, these enigmatic primates could be the hybrid between gorilla and chimp. Or an entirely new species. That sounds like a beginner biologist was like somewhere between the two most popular types of primate. Ah. Somewhere between a gorilla and a chimp. What? Now, I've told you I've heard of an existence of a primate, a mate of mine who used to hang out in really rich circles, you know, used to go to all these kind of clubs, clubs where you could like do drugs in, sex clubs and all this kind of stuff. He knew all about this. And he told me he went to a party once. I've talked about this on the podcast before. He went down to the Canary Wharf docks in London and there was a couple of yachts lined up. He walked into a yacht went down the stairs into the yacht, which led into a secret compartment and went even down further into Canary Wharf, into a secret club. And he said while he was in there, everyone was wearing masks. And he told me he was handed a drink by a monkey butler that was a type of primate he had never seen before. He said it added opposable thumbs, mate. It was big and it had opposable... It was like a primate I've never seen before. He told me this. And I was like, fuck. Like, I don't... Like, curse anyone who was going to dispel that story. How dare you take that away from me? Maybe it was a Billy Ape. I'll explain more. The appearance The appearance of the Billy Ape is distinct, featuring a flat face and a wide muzzle. Their brow ridge uh, runs straight across and overhangs, setting them apart from most known primates, and they're grey. They're uniformly grey, and uh, rather than the kind of black to then grey transformation that gorillas have, um and most gorillas only turn grey, Billy Apes all display a kind of grey colour from an independent of their age or their sex um, indicating that their greying occurs early in their lives. Now, you might remember there was grey apes in the movie Congo. Were these Billy Apes? Who's to say? The skulls of Billy Apes also have some characteristics with robust great apes like gorillas, including a prominent brow ridge and a sagittal Crest, don't know what that means. Oh, that means like they spl- the head splits this way instead of this way, I think. That means vertical rather than... No, I think it means not like, like a cross. Like your face is the front half of your head and the back of your head is on the other head. And there's a ridge between that rather than straight down the middle. Um, only one of these skulls was found with a sagittal crest. So further research is needed to determine that. But anyway, reports suggest that Billy Apes have displayed bipedal walking resembling giant chimpanzees, okay? However, recent observations indicate that they primarily use knuckle walking and only occasionally walk on two legs. The footprints go up to 34 centimetres. These are big fucking footed monkeys. And they're longer than that of the common chimpanzee or gorilla. Um, and female billy apes exhibit genital swelling, similar to other chimpanzees, which is an intriguing aspect of their reproductive behaviour. In terms of their behaviour, the Billy Apes can be categorized into two distinct groups, all right? There's the tree beaters. Do, do, do. These are the tree beaters. They're one gang, and they prefer to take refuge high in the trees, and they're vulnerable to the poison uh, arrows by the local hunters. But on the other hand, there's another group called the lion killers, and these are darker and larger and seldom climb trees, and these seem to be unaffected by the poison arrows, okay? Hey, what are you? Are you a lion killer or a tree beater? You better not lie to us, pal. Hey, us lion killers got to stick together. Um, the behavior of the billy apes shows similarities between both gorillas and chimpanzees. They construct massive ground nests with interwoven branches and saplings, similar to gorillas. But they also frequent nests in trees. Their diet is fruit, um, and they have the feeding habits mainly of chimpanzees. When it comes to their interactions with humans, right? Apparently, it's very it's very intriguing. Unlike gorillas, they do not display aggression when encountering humans. Instead, they exhibit no fear. They must have a lot of goddamn bumper stickers on the back of their cars, man. They have no fear of these billy apes. And they come face to face with humans, often displaying some sense of recognition. Like, hey, what's the fucking crack? Gives a look at your swollen gee there. Gives a look at your swollen gee like my bird has, is what they might say. They silently observe humans before they retreat. Researchers have noted that the Billy Apes show curiosity towards humans and have surrounded research groups in large forests, indicating a certain level of trust. However, closer to roads and villages, they tend to be more wary, uh, especially those of adult uh, adult males. The Billy Apes present a captivating cryptid mystery supported in various forms of evidence and intriguing behaviours while further research is necessary to confirm their existence and determine their exact uh, exact classification. And The available information suggests they could be one of the real and unique species of ape inhabiting the remote regions of East Africa. This is what I fucking live for. A new monkey, mate. See, it's not about itchiosaurs, underwater dinosaurs and Loch Ness. That's very fascinating. It's brilliant, okay? But I'm talking about a new monkey. I'm talking about a big monkey. Big chimp. This is what I live for. And the idea that there is one working in an underground sex club in Canary Wharf is very exciting to me. Maybe he even speaks. Maybe he's there washing glasses with his big billy ape opposable thumbs. And he's like, what can I get you, banana? Why would you ever have anything else? You know? So um, watch this space. There will be more crazy cryptids and um, species that may or may not exist in the X-Files. Anyway, thanks very much for watching and listening to this pod. Can you do me a favor, though? If you watch this on YouTube, can you go over and hit subscribe? Hit a little bell notification. It would make a huge difference for me getting this podcast out to more people. But also, if you don't like that, go over to Spotify and give it a little rating there. If you haven't yet given a rating to this podcast, all you got to do is go in there, into the app, go to where you're normally getting your podcast, hit follow, if you don't already follow the podcast, and then review, and five stars is preferable. If not, you can do it over an Apple Podcasts, and that make a huge difference as well. And if you write about what you like about it, that also bumps it up and get more people to take notice. Um, but I tell you, if you can't do either of those things, what you can do for me is uh, become a patron for the equivalent of a price of a pint every single month. You can get a brand new video podcast every single Friday delivered to you Friday morning. Last week I did an Agony Anthony column where I had people uh, ask me or tell me their problems, including how do I get ahead and work? What should I do to make the first move when I'm out and I'm dating? and I gave some honest and very good advice and I saved everyone's life. So if you are interested in that, you can check that out. Week before that, I recapped the year 2000 by telling you my top five favorite things from that year. I'll be doing that for other years to present day, 2001, 2002, etc. that'll be coming up. I'll also soon be doing uh, Return of the Jedi as a movie bake. That's when I tell you everything I love about the movie Return of the Jedi. I talk about all the kind of geek shit over there um, on that pod and it's been a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun doing the videos over there recently. So for the price of a pint a month, you can go over to patreon.com and get four, forward slash Tony Catwell, and you can get four extra podcasts every single month. And early access to gigs. I'm doing a gig in the workman's at the start of July and half the tickets sold there will be sold to patrons first and they always sell out, which is very exciting. Um, And any gigs that I do in the future, Vicar Street gigs. um, If there's anything else that I'm doing, like live Eurovision watch-alongs that's sold out. All these gigs, first dibs go to the patrons. So you can check that out over there. But look, enough has got them plugs. Oh yeah, a few more plugs. I'll be performing in uh, Other Side Festival on Sunday, whatever the Sunday is, doing a live podcast with some comedians. It's gonna be a lot of fun if you're there already and you want some serotonin returned to your bones, you can come over and watch that. Um I will also be hopefully uh, performing in Electric Picnic uh, and doing a live podcast in the Mindfield stage. So that'll be a lot of fun. So a few gigs there. Anyway, look, nobody's got them plugs. What am I, goddamn uh, Turkish hair clinic? Loldo, <laughs> no, no, thanks very much for watching the pod. All the best. Bye-bye.